Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, Senior Editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of the Steelers Preview. And you might be looking at your screen if you're watching us live on Facebook or YouTube and saying, where's the third wheel? Eh, he'll be here. Brian Anthony Davis will be joining us shortly. In the meantime, it's just myself, Dave Schofield, the editor of BTSC. What's up, Dave? Oh, not much, Jeff. I'll see if I can keep myself nice and calm tonight. I was going to say, last time you were on YouTube, I think you were uh, doing a scorched earth personation, <laughs> impersonation, if that's the yeah, right I, word. I, I couldn't listen back to myself with that. I'm like, I can't do it. So I don't really we, know how bad I it was. I have to be honest. <laughs> I, I never watch YouTube videos. I listen to yeah. all of our audio. So yeah. I listen to it that's on what audio. I do too. And it didn't sound that bad. Like, I felt <laughs> like we've had worse rants, but maybe uh, it was worse in the visual. Nonetheless, I don't know. Here we are. With another well, I mean, you'd have to look at me. That's part of the problem. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not. Okay. Um, we're here to talk about the Detroit Lions and week 10 at Heinz Field. One o'clock kick. Finally, another one o'clock kick. We're not going to have many of those yes. down the stretch. Um, and still, so it's going to be a pretty typical day. Uh, let's go over some news first before we get Brian on here. Let's talk about the injury report. There was, okay. this was a weird report. Yeah, I did the podcast. It's weird because on Wednesday they didn't actually practice. They didn't have an official practice. Everything was an estimation. So everything you see on Thursday, you're kind of like, well, is that accurate? Or so anyways, Dave, why don't you go ahead and read us the injury report and we'll talk about it. Yeah. And I, I, I'm going to confess this to our podcast listeners that of no sooner did I publish Wednesday's injury report article than I realized the fine print of they were just a walkthrough and it wasn't an actual practice. It was estimated. I'm like, oh, no, i got to change all this. So, um, But, I mean, it, it still was a good indication Wednesday. But today was really the day. And the, there were two players that did not practice. Um, and they're polar opposites, in my opinion. One was Benjamin Todd Roethlisberger, did not practice on Thursday. I don't see any red flag here at all because generally Ben does not throw for three days after a game. So that would put him, because normally he wouldn't throw on a Sunday game on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. So therefore, you know, resting the arm, making sure he's good. Doesn't mean he's not there running through stuff, you know, in the meetings, but with a Monday night game, that would put him on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I Yesterday, I even said I expected him to not practice today. I really did. And he didn't. So I'm not worried about that. The other one is Chase Claypool with the toe. And you did the article for the website that ran Thursday morning about how uh, the good news is it's it, it was it's not season-ending. I mean, he had an MRI and everything. But the bad news is he's week to week. Some people are like, oh, no, no Chase Claypool. I'm not thinking he's playing in this game at all. No, the question is, is he going to miss beyond this game? So that's the two players that didn't practice. So, so, so you're with me on that one, you think? The question isn't, in, is he going to play in week 10? The question is, is he going to play in week 11, in my opinion? Chase Claypool? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I, I probably think he's out both games, to be honest with you. If, if you have a toe yeah. injury that is severe enough, you need an MRI, then – yeah, you're probably looking at a couple weeks out. I mean, they say week to week, but I think it's a couple weeks out. Yes. So, um, that, so that's just something to keep in mind. I know a lot of people are are seeing if he's going to play this week. I'm putting it at an extremely low percentage. Extremely low. I've, yeah. I I look for him to be ruled out tomorrow. Agreed. Now, let's let's hold off getting to the new names yeah. uh, to just get there was there was four other players that were listed on Wednesday. As who were projected as if they would have been on the injury report. Those players were, it was projected that Ebron would have been limited. And guess what? Well, guess what? The unthinkable just happened. 
Um, Justin Tucker just missed a kick from 48 yards. Just thought I'd throw that out there. Um, still three nothing. Still three nothing. Okay. So back to this. Eric Ebron was listed. They would have been limited on Wednesday. They thought he was full today. So Ebron might be back. And for those of you saying, "Oh, do we want Ebron?" Back? Hey, that's a te two. I'm. I, I'm. And if Chase Clay pulls out. Play him outside. Put him, you know put him, in, the, put him in the slot. Put him put in the him, slot. Don't line have, him up as an inline tight end. You have two outside receivers in James Washington and Deontay Johnson. So if you can have Ebron in the slot, you could Seriously. still have Friar Muth as your primary tight end if you're running a one tight end set. You yeah. can put him in the slot if you want three receivers. Trust me, you, there's versatility that's, there that's valuable. That's what I honestly, if, if if Clay pulls out like I expect, that's what I would love to see them do with Ebron. Basically play him as a wide receiver. Play him as the Chase Claypool because they're both big and everything like that. Now, I don't know that he has the speed of Claypool, but let's not go there. All right. the other There was other three other players that was listed Wednesday on the injury report, but as full participants, they were estimated. And they were all mentioned by Coach Tomlin on, on in his press conference on Tuesday. So that's probably why they ended up there. And it was Robert Splane with an ankle, Cam Hayward also with an ankle, and Isaiah Bugs with a hip. Well, Bugs was a full participant today. Spillane and Hayward, they were limited. I'm not surprised with Cam Hayward. You know, sometimes he's limited on Wednesdays anyway. Yeah. And to, and this is like being a Wednesday, even though it's the second practice. So that one doesn't surprise me. Spillane, that's interesting. We'll have to see how that plays out tomorrow. The big deal is the two new ones. The two new ones, two two starting rookies, and that is one, Najee Harris and Kendrick Green. Both end up on the injury report as limited. It's Harris with a foot, Green with a hamstring. Um, you don't know if these were kind of you know bumps and bruises from the game and you're easing them back in, or maybe they thought they were fine and they injured them during practice. You never know with these limited um designations that it's it's somewhere in between those two things and we're not really going to get an indication unless another report comes out until tomorrow's injury report that yeah that's exactly what you're having to wait for uh the well let me ask you this which concerns you more Najee or kendrick Najee. Uh, no, that, Najee. i agree no. i mean yeah, honestly, I, I mean because when he has filled in, now granted he hasn't started, but when J.C. Hassenauer has filled in this year when Kendrick Green was out a, a little bit in game, he's done well. So I don't know that J.C. Hassenauer is a better center, but I, I think filling in at center, he could he could come out there and, and, and show what he can do. Behind Najee, we kind of know what we got. You know, Steeler fans know what's there. And – there's a reason Najee Harris was drafted in the first round uh, and the other guys on the team weren't. So that's the think, one that I would say. You have to think about the long game too, though. You have to think about the long game. If Najee Harris has a foot injury that might be aggravated by playing and they say, and this is, if I was a coach, what I would say to the team staff, medical staff is if he takes a week off, will it be better? Mm -hmm. And if they say, look, yeah. like this, this thing might linger. Yeah. I don't know. Then of course, you play him if it's going to be yeah. something that's going to linger, but if it's something that could be breast, I don't know. Let's bring in Brian Anthony Davis. What's up, Brian? How's it going? Hey, fellas. Thanks so much. And I tell you what, it still feels good. And I'm thrilled about this weekend with the Steelers. I'm still, I, I don't care how you make the cake as long as it tastes good, tastes good. And this cake still tastes good because it's the fifth <laughs> one of the season against three losses. So woohoo. There you go, Brian, to catch up. We were talking about the injury report and all the names on that, and we're trying to kind of decipher that. Dave, you wanted to say something about Kendrick Green or Najee Harris or nothing? What's that? 
<laughs> I said you wanted to. You look like you were going to say something as okay. I brought Brian in. No, 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 no. I was saying hi to Brian. That's what oh, I was doing. Very good, I was, very good, very I was good. waving to Brian. <laughs> All right. Now, Dave, I'm going to ask you to read about the new practice squad player. Okay. Yeah, because I was going to say, I don't, when it comes to the Lions injury report, I don't know really. They're coming off a bye. They're, pretty They're coming off a bye. They should have. Other than running back um, Jamal Williams hasn't practiced the last two days. Other than that, but no, but it's it's the DeAndre Swift show anyway. Yeah. Um, the new player. This was something I'm like, oh, okay, let me write this article real quick. When the Steelers add another player to the practice squad, oh, yeah, no big deal, blah, blah, blah. The more I started looking at this, I'm like, this is a big deal. This is a this is a big deal. The Steelers added, let's see if I can get the name right. You're making me do this because you know I can't pronounce it. I, I can't okay. get it right either. It's Jacob Tuioti Mariner. It's hyphenated call, last name. <laughs> on Let's Ride, I just called him Mariner. <laughs> you should see the middle name. His middle name. You ready? I, 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 this is going to be funny. His middle name is C-O-C-C-C-L-A-G-A-G-A-N-I-N-A-T-O. No, no joke. It's double arigato, Mr. Ro- it's it's like 50 <laughs> letters long. It's, Nailed it. it's crazy. I nailed it. Um, <laughs> but he came, he was released by the Falcons on Tuesday. Um, he was undrafted out of UCLA, spent a year on the Falcons practice squad in 2018, was on their school practice squad in 2019, got called up in November, played in eight games, started one, had a forced fumble. 2020 played all 16 games, 31 tackles, had a sack, had a forced fumble, uh, had three fumble recoveries um, in there, you know, and you know, five quarterback hits. He's a guy that was a defensive tackle that slimmed down and moved to outside linebacker is, is, is what he is. This year, so far, he had played in, I'm pretty sure, every one of Atlanta's games. Um, did they have an early bye? They were like by week, week number four, weren't they? Either that or he didn't play in week four. But I think that was their bye week. But he played in in every game for them so far this season. Um, but he, he wasn't getting – like week one he had 35% of the snaps. Other than that, he was lower. Has two sacks on the season. So right now, out of everyone – all the outside linebackers on the Steelers roster, he has the second most sacks behind T.J. Watt um, for the 2021 NFL season. But um was kind of surprised that they could get someone like that. You're talking about – some, I mean, I'm assuming that they're going to have him as an outside linebacker rather than an undersized defensive tackle. You're talking about a guy that they could be calling up and having some outside linebacker depth that has some experience um, in the NFL. So I I thought this was kind of interesting. Um, we reached out to uh, to to someone from the um, how do you say they're the, Falcoholic. the Falcoholics? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that that they said they were really surprised that he was released because they thought he was, you know, an up and comer, a hard worker, a good locker room guy. Their only explanation was that he just wasn't a scheme fit for them anymore. Um, other than that, they can't figure out why he was released. So we'll see what happens. We shall see. I want to ask you guys about the practice squad guys. I mean, some of my thoughts are like, you have someone like Carl Joseph on your practice squad. Yeah. How bad is he that he can't even find some type of role on this defense? They clearly need help in the secondary at some levels. Is he not better than Arthur Millette in certain packages? Like, Brian, what are your thoughts on these practices? I mean, until Taco Charlton got promoted recently, it was the same thing with him. You have this talent on the practice. Was it, I know it's your taxi squad, but my gosh, if it's better, why don't you use it? What do you think, Brian? You know what? The, the practice squad 
changed and it changed in 2020 when you started seeing the Wendell Smallwoods and you start started seeing veterans on there because you could never do that before. And with that change, now it's now it's a chance to uh, pick up a guy and get an extended look at a player. So you basically it's it could be in some some places it could be a three week tryout. It, it was for Taco Charlton. It, it's a long tryout, and then when you're ready for them and you need them, you could bring them up. And if you don't feel good about them, you don't. So they, we saw Carl Joseph on on the roster for I think one week. Yeah, he was a one, up. one week. He dressed and he played, but he hasn't in the minds of the team. And I talk about this all the time. It's what happens in that practice bubble, and you know the bubble will tell all. And what happens there doesn't stay there. You stay on the practice squad, but the word gets out and they start doing some other things. So Carl Joseph has not passed his test yet. And that's the best thing that I could I can guess on this whole thing. Now, as far as bringing up another guy, um, I'm not going to try to pronounce it. So I'm just going to say BTR, meet JTM. And that's what I'm going to call him. It's JTM. If you've got JOK in, in <laughs> Cleveland, you could have JTM right here in Pittsburgh. So, I mean, I haven't had a chance to look into this guy, but I love the practice squad right now. And I like the okay. fact that you could have an extended look with these guys because Taco, Taco Charlton yeah, took time. And now people are loving number 98. And, and check this out. I've got my Taco Charlton jersey now. I've got my 98. <laughs> and so, Liar. Vince um, Williams don't lie about it. Uh, well, I'm not going to show you the back. But, uh, it's like your um, Mike Mitchell jersey. He said it was a Joe Hayden. That was a Mike Mitchell jersey. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but you know what? So I, I'm loving the way that they're using the practice squad. And I hope these rules continue because I, I think it works for teams. And it's really weird that you go ahead and you cut a guy like JTM who the Falcoholics said that they liked, you know, but you could put him back on the practice squad. But the thing is you could get poached off the practice squad too. So it's, you know, it's a really interesting situation, but I'm for the first time I look at practice squad, you know, signings and I get excited. In the past, when you sign a guy to the practice squad, eh, yeah, okay, you know, we'll see. We might never see this guy. One more thing about bringing in a guy from the Falcons. You had a guy with three names that you brought in from the Falcons before. You might He pared down to two names when he got here, but Roosevelt Nix-Jones was the first cut on that season of hard knocks, and all the players were stunned. Pittsburgh picks him up, and a year later, He's a stud for that team, and he actually got a Pro Bowl. So it, it's really interesting. Another team's trash is a team's treasure. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Yeah. Can, can I say one more thing, though? Absolutely. For this player to sign with the Steelers practice squad, you'd have to – well, first of all, he had to clear waivers. So, right. you know, that that's – I'm not surprised with that. But I bet you the Steelers weren't the only ones that were looking into him. I'm, I'm wondering if they're saying, hey, we're going to put you on the practice squad, but you're going to have a chance to get on this roster if you come in here and show us what you can do. And 
And I mean, that's kind of the same thing with, with Tuska is that if, however you say it, if that's who was on there, he started off with the practice squad, got called up, showed that he was a better option than Jameer Jones. And that's what the Steelers well, was. Wasn't that also, was it Anthony Miller, the wide receiver who chose, he was going to go to Jacksonville yeah, and then changed his mind based on mm-hmm. Juju Smith-Schuster's injury and said, I'm going to go to Pittsburgh. Yeah. It's a better team. I have a better chance yeah. of playing and our own Felicia. We, in the yeah, live chat said, this said that he tweeted that that sounds like he's playing with Chase Claypool out. I could see him being promoted. Yeah. So that's a, yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of people that have been asking to see him. And so this could be his opportunity. I mean, you think about the wide receivers. I mean, you could always bump someone if, if Claypool comes back and he's playing well, shoot. I mean, who's it? Cody white, he Cody white, bump Cody white. And he'd play yeah. clear waivers and you get him back on the practice squad. So, yeah. Okay. The headline title of this podcast is about why the the Lions game is not necessarily a trap game. Now, a trap game is, let's define a trap game. Brian, you give your definition first. I think a trap game is for a team that is playing really well, and they're cruising, and they go up against a team that they're looking past them because they've got maybe a rivalry game or a big game coming up, and they, they blow it. And a great definition in 2021 of a trap game was the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Buffalo Bills, which ended up nine to six in the in favor of the Jag- Jaguars. So and do, do, nobody picked that. In your trap game, they do they have to have that game that they're overlooking the opponent? Because I think the Buffalo Bills play the Jets this week. I don't think that's like a <laughs> Yeah, it, it, I mean it's not it. It's no, not. It's you could have been led to sleep by your next couple games, if you know what I mean. But yeah. that's something that does happen. No, it does. Um, I just didn't know if that's in your criteria. No, it's, it's not in my criteria, but that's uh, a good bit of the time it is. Okay. But just the fact that you're overlooking a team, let's pare it down to that, because they they weren't afraid of the Jaguars, and there there's really no reason to be. I mean, just like this, you know, if you look at Detroit, they haven't had a win all season. But remember, those guys are hungry for that first win. Jacksonville was definitely hungry for a big win. And like Dave says, they get paid the same. They all get paid. Yeah. Let me ask you a question, Brian. So far in the Steelers, eight games they've played, have they had a game that you felt was a trap game? Not necessarily because a lot of people thought that Cincinnati was a trap game, but they proved that it wasn't. A lot of people thought the Raiders could be a trap game, but they proved that that wasn't. Another part of a trap game, too, is also winning the winning the week before by a, like Dave's been talking about all week with this, if the Steelers beat the Bears 48 to three, this could be, this could definitely be a trap game here because you just came off a huge win or in the Steelers case. Um, the Bears could have ended up being a trap game because they had an emotional win against the Cleveland Browns 15 to 10. Even though they didn't blow them out, you come off that huge win and then you have a, I'm going to call him a ho-hum opponent that doesn't strike the fear into you when you look at the schedule. But those guys in that locker room, they're coming into town and and they're playing for keeps. They're playing for their jobs. They're, They're playing for their NFL life in some cases. The coaches... Coaching staff are playing for their lives. That's a good point. That's a good point. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with anything. I was just asking for clarification. Dave, you don't believe in trap games. I know this. Mm. But well, yes or no? I, okay, I don't, so, no, I no, don't believe on. that they're they're 
as big of a deal as what I don't. I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm just saying I don't think that that it's this, that it's to the level that the players. Okay. Would, okay. Would be that so, way. So, yeah. what would your definition of a trap game be? Okay. Well, the problem is, is I gave a definition of a trap game, and probably it's more of it's probably it fits a better definition of what would be called a letdown game. Now, I don't know if a letdown game and a trap game would be the same thing. Um, the thing that part of what would make a trap game is that it's a team in which you're heavily favored against. Because um, you can have a letdown game against a team that you're not heavily favored against. You just don't play as well the next week. But to me, a trap game is a letdown game against a weak opponent. Because to a letdown game is when you either A, win a big game that you're not supposed to because you you win in an upset. You don't have to win by much, but you you upset a team, you know, especially if it's someone like in division or a rival or someone like that, or you win a game by a huge margin like brian mentioned if you take that and then lead into the next game that could and it's against a team that is considered a, a one of your more inferior opponents that would to me be a trap game i don't think this is one because it didn't play out that way this past week you know we all know that a lot of people weren't happy with the steelers win but let's not get into that we've talked about that on a lot of podcasts but they did win but it wasn't that big win where you were really confident with everything that you were doing. You know, it's almost like, oh, we've got this put together. And then you don't, and then you kind of take that for granted the next game. That's what I think. And that's part of the reason why I'm really glad I would prefer this, the Steelers come in off of a closer game this past week. So they have to be like, oh, we have things we need to fix and work on. If they would have blown out the Bears, then I think this is set up to be what the definition would be of a trap game. Is this all just fan talk, though? Yeah. Like, in, in reality, <laughs> is this all just fan? Yeah. Like, are we, yeah. I mean, this is an honest question. Like, this, mm-hmm. as if there ever been, we we know the let, we know the losses. We can talk about Bruce Gradkowski at Heinz Field. We can talk about Mike Lennon at Heinz Field. We can talk about a bunch of one. others, a bunch of other games. You know, you can go on the road if you want to go to the many trips to Oakland and losing mm-hmm. to the Raiders when you shouldn't. Is this really though? I don't feel like any. NFL player is ever, even after retirement said, Oh yeah, we were totally just taken that we took them for granted. We thought we were just going to roll up. Brian, you don't think that's the case. Do you? I think it's 80% manufactured by talking heads and us, you know, I mean, I, it, it probably is, you know what? My job today was to come up with a headline and Hey, <laughs> it's a good discussion point. Thrown yeah, in the yeah. word trap Even game. if the discussion is no, it's not a trap game. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that was the question. Could it be a trap game? Does a trap game exist? Well, Steelers Pittsburgh says absolutely not. So we should shut down the podcast right now because, <laughs> you know, somebody in the live chat is saying, hey, it doesn't exist. But Steelers Pittsburgh disagrees with me a lot and I respect his comments. So I don't have a problem mm-hmm. with that. But here's the thing. Yeah. It it does work though, Jeff. It it does happen, guys. Oh, it happens because yeah, I'm just you, saying you it have is. a situation. Dave Schofield talks about a game he went to all the time, and I know he's ta- he's going to be talking about Mike Lennon, 2014 yeah. against the Buccaneers. That the Steelers team. I mean, they they. Uh, I know they lost the week before, but they really should have handled that team. They were they were big favorites, and a lot of times we've seen the when the Steelers are double digits favorites or seven and a half like they are this week in a game they're supposed to win. I think, and we've talked about this, 
all of you, you're not admitting it now, but all of you will say, hey, Steelers teams under Mike Tomlin, they play down to their opponents. Now, I don't agree with that. However, there are times when you have a, a team that you should definitively beat and you don't. Because on paper, you should beat them. We know you don't play the games on paper, but headlines, bulletin boards, they mean a lot to another team. My gosh, Josh Allen last year, he he made a big deal. He really caught he made a bigger deal out of the Juju TikTok situation because he said, Yeah, that fired us up. That's why we won. I mean, he didn't say it exactly like that, but oh yeah, we definitely noticed that and we were playing harder because of it. You know, stuff like that, when you're an underdog, you don't think that this was a team that started off the season 11 and 0 last year. They ran into the Bills, had a had a letdown. They ran into the Washington team the week before, had a letdown. Then they're like, "All right, everybody's gonna everything's gonna get right" because they're playing Ryan Finley and the Bengals, and they're looking at who they have past that, and they completely blew that game. It could be called a trap game or a letdown game or whatever you want to call it. But what happened is they did not they played down to that opponent. And it happens sometimes. So that's where the trap game comes in. Is it a manufactured name? Yeah. We got to do that kind of stuff. And there's so much more manufactured. But you know what? It happens when teams, there's, they're never going to admit it, Jeff. But uh, they'll, they'll say, yeah, we could have prepared better for that. Mike Tomlin says in his press conferences, yeah. we could have prepared better. Let yeah. me ask you all this question. It's kind of a follow-up. So this is a paper thing. This is something we do on paper. We look at stats. We look at standings. We look at things like that, and we say the Steelers should do whatever. So what is the difference? Here's another aspect or terminology verbiage that's used in, on the sports landscape a lot in regards to something else on paper, and that would be a get-right game. So my question is, what's the difference between a trap game and a get right game. Ooh, ooh, me, me, Gabe wants me, to go first. Me, Gabe, me. go ahead. It's all in how you play. It has well, compl no, it's no, completely resolved. No, hold on, hold on. No, this, this game Please, could be both. I know it could be both. Yeah. But I'm talking about the lead up. So yes, it is result dependent. But the get right yeah. game. There's people that'll say there's a there was a time where they would have the only difference <laughs> where they would have said this week against Detroit is a get right game. The Steelers need to get right. Well, what's the difference? Everyone's saying it's a trap game. What's the difference? What it's the same Detroit team. It's the same Steelers team right now. What's the difference? It's, it's, it's all in fan and media narrative. Completely. Is the narrative from, it, it, from, is it, the, but is the narrative from where they're coming from? Meaning, is it how they played yeah. the prior week? It's not has it. Yeah, exactly. It, it's how you play the prior week and how you do in the game. So to me, this, if you're going to classify of it having to be something, this would be more of a get right game that they have each, you know, and it's always, it has a chance to be this. It has a chance to be a trap game. Meaning if the Steelers lose it, you call it a trap game. This has a chance to be a get right game. Meaning if the Steelers win and cover, it's a get right game because of what happened the week before. Even though the Steelers won, you it's all in, in how you feel that the team performed, you know, and, and I, I've said this a bunch is that teams don't always play the same. You, if you took two teams and had them play each other four straight weeks, I would be surprised if any team would go four or no against another team. 
just because you play differently. Now, sometimes it's based on you just have a better matchup, so maybe that could happen. But you just don't always play as well. You know, that's why it's any given Sunday. So the Steelers have a chance to come out and play well, play a complete game, because I know that's something a lot of people want. They're like, the Steelers aren't playing, you know. And when I say a complete game, I mean four solid quarters. It's like they're a tale of two halves and all these other things. I'd say Cleveland Bottom was pretty is, close. I'd say Cleveland, the yes, Cleveland game was pretty yes. close to a complete game for me. In my yes. Opinion. Yeah, I mean, even when they upset the Bills in week one, we called that a tale of two halves. They didn't score in the first half. Yeah. You know, so you've got all these different things and all these different narratives. And it's for us to talk about and for us to fans as enjoy and have our opinions and this, that, and the other thing. So, and that's just how it is. But if you so if we if you needed to put a label on it, I would say this game would be closer to a label of a get right game because it's coming off of the, what happened last week. Um, but now, if they would have been underdogs against the Bears and won by two points, you'd call it a trap game. You know what I'm saying? Because so it's it, it's crazy. The more you talk, <laughs> it, the more you talk as this these thoughts come to level, it turns mm-hmm. into and Brian's got it. He's got the bottle. It comes down to optimism and pessimism. Yeah, it's what do you see happening? Go ahead, Brian. Use your little. Uh, you've you've got your visual there. Go ahead. Yeah, so it, it's it's the same thing. <laughs> this could be half full. This could be half empty. This could be a trap game. This could be yeah. a get right game. It's whatever your personality is as a fan. Hey, you could be a pessimistic fan and love this team. I have no problem with that because that's that's how that's your personality makeup. That's fine. I mean. You can, I mean, you could make apologies for this team. You could trash this team, but understand that you're all here and you're not going away next week. And if you, if you keep on trashing the team and you don't like the team and they frustrate you and it's, it's making your blood pressure go up. Guess what? Clifford, the big red dog is in cinemas this weekend. That might be a better <laughs> Sunday for you. Is it really? I yeah. have tickets to go tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not surprised, and I love it. Oh my gosh! I got three on- kids. My, my youngest, he can't. He, he doesn't even know we're taking him. He, he he wants to see it so bad. But you I know what? I can see it now. <laughs> Dave walking out with black and gold, wearing shorts on, wearing his hat, going out of Clifford the red, big red dog. Going, that was awesome. <laughs> that's what i'll do no joke i'll probably i'll be wearing yep wear a steeler shorts and everything and i love yep. it you you I'll called it. it are you gonna be there to take my picture brian i'm, I'm sure because you know it's gonna happen so oh man all right um, so we're we're at the super halfway chat? point we will on the, yeah. the same part two so we have a super chat to get to right at the beginning of part two we're going to talk about some over under we're going to give our predictions as well as more about the steelers so if you're watching live on facebook or youtube stay tuned we're not going anywhere otherwise on audio side head over to part two we'll be right back 